Welcome to FIO on the Air, the voice of the festivals and events industry in Ontario. Please welcome our CEO and your host, Dave McNeil. Hello and welcome to FIO on the Air. We're very fortunate today to have the Minister of Tourism, Culture and Sport, the Honourable Diane Verniel, in our studios today to talk about uh, festivals and their impact on tourism in Ontario. Diane, welcome. Great to see you, Dave. And full disclosure, we should admit to people that you and I go back a very long ways. Yeah, we used to spend Fridays whispering in Diane's ears. <laughs> I was a television director and she was the, the uh, producer and on-air talent for Provincewide. And this is when we were at CKCO-TV, now called CTV Kitchener. Um, I was there for 33 years. How many years were you there, Dave? I was there 32 so yeah, I beat we, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's funny how the there's no such thing as a short road or a straight road. They all turn around and and how everybody passes and comes back and you just never know where, like who would have thought 32 years ago you were going to be the Minister of Tourism, Culture and Sport and I was going to be at Festivals and Events Ontario. Who would have thought, but you know what, I think that the background that we both had um, has served us well. The things that we learned working as news broadcasters informs us as to who and what we are today. No, absolutely. And and, and you know the principles of, of broadcasting and, and producing videos or producing anything for that matter, whether it's print or it's television or it's uh, like a podcast. I mean, it, you're, you're right. It really does transfer over and uh, has served us all well. Lucky Trans- to be here. Yeah, transferable skills. Yeah. So you're uh, you're rather new to this post. Uh, you were started in January. Mid-January. How's, how's the first little bit been? I would say that I spent the first few days and weeks uh, on a very steep learning curve. There were many, many, many briefings. Um, you could take tourism, culture, and sport and subdivide them and create ministries around those three sectors. Culture alone, I'm responsible for the film industry in Ontario, television, digital media, video games, book publishing, all museums, all libraries, and archaeology. There's a few other things in there too, Dave. (laughs) And that's just culture. Yeah, and and, in our uh, realm, and I guess we would fall in, well, you know what, in a lot of respects, we fall into all three of those. Like, I mean, there's elements of festivals and events that, uh, that are members of our association that fall into the cultural aspect of festivals. There's music, um, you know, Oktoberfest, uh, various cultural things. Uh, and then there's sporting events that uh, have festivals built around them. And uh, yeah, so it's really a conglomerate of everything. And of course, everything we do. Um, leads to tourism and bringing communities together. So This is why they're grouped together. So I asked the question in one of my briefings, what exactly is a tourist? How do you define that? Does it have to be from someone from out of city, out of province, out of country? Anyone who travels 40 kilometers to take in an event, whether it is arts, culture, sporting, that person is considered a tourist. So, Dave, if you decided to go watch the Blue Jays on a Saturday afternoon, you're in Toronto, you've, uh, whether you, you know, took the bus or the train or drove yourself there, um, you spent money. Now you're, you paid for your ticket to get in. Now you're buying food. Maybe before you leave, you might do some retail shopping, and then you head home. All of the money that you spend in that day is great for the local economy and, uh, and classifies you as a tourist. And, you know, I take it one step further because... Even in your local community, and for example, if you live in Kitchener-Waterloo and you go out to Oktoberfest, you're leaving your house, you're getting together, you're, you're doing the same spend in town that you might not otherwise have done. So, I mean, it's all community, it's all gathering, and it's all contributing to the same end, right? I mean, it's whether you're 40 miles from home or 
whether you just leave your house and partake in in your local community it's all it's all driving tourism and and benefiting the communities well people think that um you know i'm heading a ministry that's all about fun and fitness and they are um, however, I will tell you that underpinning this is the fact that there are 400,000 people who are working in tourism, culture, and sport in Ontario, and it's pumping $32.5 billion into the economy every year. Um, so we know that there's even room to grow from there, and uh, it's a very important part of our economy. And it's really mind-boggling when you get down and you start diving deep into festivals and events, for example. and. You know, the, the organizations are small and the, the number of employees are small, at, but the volunteers and the community builders that really make these events happen. Um, you know, you can't say enough good things about volunteering and, and being involved in, in this element of the, uh, of the festival and event world. Yeah, there are many organizations, many festivals and events that wouldn't happen were it not for the volunteers. You know that with your background at Oktoberfest. I mean, how many volunteers are part of that association? Yeah, I mean... Oktoberfest alone, you're talking about 500 vol- plus volunteers. Wow! You know, 41 different committees, and uh, yeah, it's it, it's it's mind-boggling when you get down to it. And these events can't run without those people. I always say that when it comes to volunteering, whether it's with um, an event, a festival, or it, whether it's with an agency, or um, you know, you're doing good, whether it's at um, Anselma House or House of Friendship, you think you're giving your time to to be charitable, but in the end, what ends up happening is you're the one who benefits. And think about all the people who are involved in Oktoberfest, what they get out of it. And you know what, as as we saw television shrinking and, and everything centralizing in locations, really it does give you an opportunity to mentor people. And it gives you an opportunity to use elements in your toolbox that you're not using anymore, whether you're in marketing or, or whatever. It gives you an opportunity to do some stuff that's been centralized and keep you sharp and keep you, uh, you know, on top of your game for everything. So, yeah, there are there are those opportunities yeah, for you're, sure. Yeah, you're building skills and talents. You're networking with people in the community. And uh, you will be the one who walks away uh, with great benefits, I think, when you volunteer. Just for some of our members, Diane, can you give us some numbers on, like, the minister, ministry, your ministry? Like, how many employees are involved in that? And, and you know, I know there's Celebrate and there's Destination Ontario, but uh, how, how big is that? Within my ministerial office, we have about 13 people who are working there, and they're subdivided with the different groups of tourism, culture, and sport. There are people who do writing, people who do researching, uh, people who are connected to comms, to communications. That's just within um, those of us who are part of the elected government. You cross the hallway and you get into the bureaucracy, and I have walked through those uh, cubicles in that hallway there. There are many more there who are backing that up. And so total number... I. I can't give you a number on the bureaucratic side, but I can tell you that within my ministerial office, it's just over a dozen. Yeah, and I'm sure when you get into the bureaucratic side of it, it, it's probably hundreds, if not thousands, when you get into all of the different programs and hundreds for sure. And then, Dave, think about all of the organizations out there in the province that do promote and advance tourism, and they're very important to us too. So uh, we're talking with Diane Verniel today, Minister of Tourism, Culture and Sport. When we get back, we're going to touch on the Celebrate Ontario program. Back in just a minute. Become a Festivals and Events Ontario member today and join a family of more than 500 members that represent over 1,400 festivals and events in Ontario. Knowledgeable, dedicated and passionate event organizers and volunteers who can help make your event a success. Membership fees range in price depending on the size of your festival or event. If you're a supplier of goods or services, you can also become a member and get connected with planners across the province. So many benefits, so little cost. 
buy your membership today. Contact us now, Debbie at festivalsandeventsontario.ca. Welcome back. FIO on the air continues. Here again is our host, Dave McNeil. We're back with FIO on the air. Uh, the Honorable Diane Verniel is in the studio today. Uh, the Honorable, I have a little bit of... <laughs> is that strange saying that, Dave? <laughs> yeah, and, and I know protocol and everything, but it does seem strange. I, I know you've called me other things, too. <laughs> <laughs> but always Honorable. <laughs> Um, Diane, let's talk a little bit about Celebrate Ontario and, and the benefits of the program. I, I know a lot of our festivals, you know, our 500 members and, and a number of our non-member festivals as well. They really count on that Celebrate program to, to help get their festival off the ground and yeah, improve. So, so Celebrate Ontario is a tremendously successful granting program. It's run by the Ministry of Tourism, Culture and Sport. Um, the good news is, is that we were oversubscribed this year. We had over 450 festivals and events apply for funding. The bad news is we had over 450 <laughs> festivals and events apply, and we, we can't fund everyone. But there is a very strict criteria that you have to meet in order to get that funding. We said yes to 328 different events. And uh, with $20 million doled out among all of those groups, that so we know that it's going to help them a great deal to, to stage their events. Uh, some of them are bigger, like, say, the Blues Festival in Kitchener or Oktoberfest. And then there are very small events. Um, Coltrane applied, and, and they received funding again this year so we know it's an opportunity to to help community showcase talent to bring in tourists to uh, to help with economic development and uh, again it's a tremendously popular granting program and Diane, I know you have statistics and maybe you can share them with some of our members on on what each of those dollars generate in uh, or impact they have in the communities and stuff so the data shows us that for every dollar that we invest in one of these events that it brings back twenty dollars to the community. Uh, when I made the announcement this year for Celebrate Ontario, I was at the museum in downtown Kitchener. I arrived a little early. It was during March break, and there was a family there, and I got to chatting with them. They told me that they were from Hamilton, so uh, the the, uh, the parents were teachers. So they had the week off. And I said, wow, that's great that you came from Hamilton here to Kitchener just to, to visit this museum. Uh, why did you do that? And they said, well, we heard that there's great children's programming here, but they said, we didn't come for the day. We're here for three days in Kitchener. And I said, oh, that's interesting. So they're going to be dropping money on a hotel room. Uh, they're going to be going to restaurants. They might do some retail shopping. They asked me, where's the nearest shopping mall? And I told them Fairview. And, uh, you know, they might be spending money elsewhere. So that's not just a visit to that one cultural attraction. They're spending possibly hundreds of dollars in our community, and that supports jobs. So when we put $1 in to celebrate Ontario through uh, funding through the Ontario government, it brings back all that money into the economy, and it supports people who are working here. And, and you know what, when, when you're talking about that, that's the strength of partnership and working together, whether you're working with your RTO in your area, whether you're working with your DMOs, um, resorts or attractions it's you know we're stronger when we all work together and, and that that we cross promote that way that it, it's not just we're not welcoming you to town just for Oktoberfest come and enjoy St. Jacob's come and enjoy the museum you know there's a, there's a couple different museums around um, you know get out to Mennonite country and enjoy the the environment it, it's it's that whole message of 
it's not just one thing happening. There's a variety of things to do. And that's exactly what that one family from Hamilton that came to Kitchener for three days was looking for. They weren't just spending all their time at the museum in downtown Kitchener. They were visiting other attractions. And uh, you can't underestimate uh, or put into a silo just one experience because uh, a traveler, a tourist, is going to want to have several experiences, and everyone benefits from that. Now, the other thing that uh, I'm, I'm not sure everybody realizes, but Celebrate's not a, just a handout. Um, there's there's an element of uh, of risk on your own part, uh, on the festival's part, uh, to be involved in that program as well. If you don't fulfill your contract, you have to give the money back. And uh, I will say that most of the events and festivals this past year were successful. Um, there's one in particular, and I don't want to name names, but... Um, uh, something nefarious happened. It was in eastern Ontario. Uh, a person asked for some funding for a yoga event, and uh, they were given about $40,000 to stage this event, and the person just took the money and left town. And underwriting this was the municipality. They said that, you know, we're good for it, and we want to help this person stage this event. They're now on the hook for that, and that's taxpayers' money. It has to be paid back, and it will. And I mean, that's the, the thing about grants. Grants are great, and they're, they're a big part of what we do. But it's also a good business plan, just like any other business, is that you can't just depend on grants. Grants are fabulous to help you grow and help you try new things, but you have to have solid business plan behind everything you do. The grants that, uh, that we do um, issue are intended to help the organizations to build capacity. So maybe you're going to use that grant to advertise to different markets to bring in more people. We want you to grow. We want you to scale up. How do you do that? So maybe you're going to be investing in um, you know, social media or traditional media. Maybe you're going to invest in some other things that will help you to, to grow your, your organization and uh, the event that you're staging. So that's what it's there for. The other thing with with the Celebrate Grant is the Blockbuster program, bringing big events to to cities and stuff like that, and, it, and it's great. And in a lot of cl- cases, it's bringing free entertainment to to audiences that otherwise wouldn't have it or couldn't afford it. Um, the music industry has had a, a massive transformation with you know digital sales going down and everything else, and making their money now off of touring and traveling. And do do you see that or do your people talk about that co-effect of you know, knowing that the granting money is out there? And and so this is where the Blockbuster event comes in. It's one-time funding for a large event because we know that people aren't going into record stores anymore. Do they even exist? Uh, and the way that artists can make their money um, and you can generate revenue is by staging live events. So with Blockbuster, um, the grants typically are larger. And they they bring in big talent and uh, a large audience. So in recent years here in Waterloo Region, we had the big music fest. And uh, they brought in big names. Aerosmith was there. Can you remember any of the other ones? Uh, well, Rod Stewart was supposed to be there. Yeah. He, yeah. But he, uh, they had some issues with uh, some ticket sales. Yeah. But that the ones that they did have, uh, they ran for two years in a row, were very successful. They brought in big audiences, and it was really great for our local economy. In fact, um, the last one that they staged brought in eight to ten million dollars for our local economy here in Kitchener Waterloo. Kitchener Waterloo, uh, you know, it's our hometown. We're we're very proud of it. What what's in the water in Kitchener? We've got the provincial uh, tourism minister. We've got the national, federal tourism minister in Kitchener Waterloo. 
We're just awesome, right? <laughs> I think a lot of it may, perhaps is a coincidence. Um, I, I asked the reason why why I was earmarked for this portfolio for tourism, culture, and sport, and uh, I was told that it was tied to the fact that I had a background as, as a news journalist, and it might be useful for culture because we do oversee television and the film industry. Uh, but I love the tourism piece to it too because we do have so much to offer in this region. So, uh, Dave, you know my husband, John. And he often says uh, at Perimeter Institute, where he's a director, when they're trying to attract scientists to come and work at Perimeter, um, they bring them here, they try to wine and dine them and and, uh, woo them to move their lives here from halfway around the world. And these are postdocs who are in, say, Sao Paulo, Brazil, or they're in uh, Vienna, Austria, or London, England. And they come here and they look around and the first question they ask is not what's the cost of housing or where are my kids going to go to school or do you have safe streets? What they ask is what is there to do in this place called Waterloo Region that I've never heard of? So we might want them to come here to study and to be part of our knowledge economy. But they're interested in the arts and culture and festivals. They want to know about um, what we have to offer when they're not working. And it's very important. And, and, you know, that's a big part of what festival events are about. It's building communities, whether it's cultural, whether it's music, uh, sport, or whatever. It, it, it's about building communities, about coming together, about celebrating. And, and you know, I think this area, and, and Ontario as a whole, is, is really great at doing that. We have lots to offer. So, you know, we're touching on um, festivals, events, and arts and culture. Um, I wouldn't uh, undermine what we have to offer in terms of bike trails and sports. So we have some wonderful trails here in Waterloo Region, and cycling is really taking off as well, too. Now, we, we're, we're talking a lot about Kitchener-Waterloo because we're biased. We'll just get that on the table. But you know what, Ontario, it's such a vast province, and, and uh, you know, I... I can't imagine on your scale the amount of invitations you get uh, and your staff of 14 people. We've got four people in our office, and, and you know what? It's important to get out to those regions, and how do you manage it with... There's a great diversity of events uh, and a diversity of um, attractions that our province has to offer. So, you know, whether you want to be in downtown Toronto and take in a comedy club or a sporting event, perhaps you want to go and look at the majesty of Niagara Falls or uh, go off grid and go to uh, Algonquin Park. Uh, this province has so much to offer. Again, we're, we're very fortunate today to have the Honourable Diane Verniel in our studios. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the Red Tape Challenge and, and how the government's working to make it easier for all of us to interact and work with the government. Back in just a minute with Theo on the air. Festivals and Events Ontario supports a lively, engaged and dedicated festival and events industry. Purchase your Festivals and Events Ontario membership today and get a team of people working to help you succeed. Here's just a few benefits that membership provides. Promotion, saving money, networking, industry awards, supplier discounts, communications, skills development, and so much more. So many benefits, so little cost. Buy your membership today. Contact us now, Debbie at festivalsandeventsontario.ca. The voice of festivals and events in Ontario. FIO on the air continues. Here again is our host, Dave McNeil. We're back with Few on the air. The Honorable Diane Verniel joins us today. Diane, um, we, we just we talked about the Red Tape Challenge. Can you explain a little bit to some of our members what that's about? Yeah, this is an interesting program that we launched a couple of years ago where we asked businesses to tell us what we can do 
to to try to eliminate regulatory burdens that they face. And uh, we've been going ministry by ministry. Um, we have now caught up with tourism, culture, and sport. So uh, if you go online, you can let us know what your thoughts are on that. What happens in your industry um, that frustrates you? What, what can we do in government to try to eliminate red tape? And we're looking for your feedback. So the red tape challenge, uh, provincially, I, I see where it's going. A lot of the festivals and events in the province, it, it's it's dealing with the provincial government, it's dealing with local municipalities, it's dealing with the federal government and heritage. Is there any communication that goes on between the ministries and, and those, whether it's a federal body or the municipals? This is a conversation that I think that we need to have, and this is why we launched the Red Tape Challenge. If municipalities in particular have things that concern them, they need to tell us. Now, I have heard from some stakeholders within the tourism sector that there are some municipalities that are easier to deal with than others, and I see you nodding your head, Dave, so perhaps you might have some insights on that. No, you're <laughs> right. There, I mean, there's some municipalities that for a festival event office are set up fantastic. Ottawa is a great example. Right. It's a one-stop shop. You go in and, and you, you get one person that you deal with that takes care of your bylaws, that takes care of um, your policing needs, your security. It, it's a one-stop shop stop. Other municipalities, you're, you know, you're sourcing out the bylaw officer, you're sourcing out road closures, you're sourcing out policing. And, you know, when you get into an area like Kitchener, Waterloo and Cambridge, um, you know, it's, you're also throwing in a regional level, so it, it, it becomes time-consuming, and especially when a lot of the stuff is driven by volunteers, right? I mean, that's part of the, the red tape challenge, I'm sure, is the hours that offices are open, and, and when you're dealing with a volunteer base, you're not always working on that 9 to 5, and, and it's really helpful when you have one person that has those relationships, you know, municipally or provincially, that it's like a one-stop shop that can help you with that. And so this is why this process is important. We need to hear that kind of feedback so that we can identify and remove any burdens that might be there. And, uh, you know, you mentioned Ottawa. I think here's an example where we could turn to them for best practices. Uh, in the province, though, we have to be respectful of turf. Uh, you know, do we have the right or the invitation to be telling municipalities what to do and how to do it? Um, but if you make that suggestion to them and let them know that you could actually be building on your tourism sector if you remove these burdens um, I mean there's a win for everyone and I mean it's probably no different provincially like if you're a festival that you're dealing with celebrate or you're dealing with the AGCO and the different laws and regulations that come with that I mean is, is that stuff that that our members should be talking to you and your and your staff about is you know, issues of working interdepartmentally with the government? If they have issues, we need to hear about that. And by all means, I mean, this is what the Red Tape Challenge is all about. So, you know, tell us where your frustrations are. Is it dealing with your municipalities? Is it dealing with the province? Is it dealing with the ministry? Let us know how we can make life easier for you. Okay, Diane Verniel joins us in the studio today. When we come back, we're going to wrap it up and uh, talk a little bit about uh, some favorite events and, and what's coming ahead. More in just a minute on FIO on the Air. Festivals and Events Ontario has entered the world of podcasting with FIO on the Air. Join us as we sit down and chat with the movers and shakers of the festivals and events community. The goal is to share insight, advice, planning techniques, and overall strategy with you, our FIO members. On the next podcast, would you like us to interview someone specific, cover a particular topic, answer a question? Let us know. FIO on the Air wants to give you what you need to succeed. Contact us now, Dave at festivalsandeventsontario.ca. Welcome back. 
Fio on the Air continues. Here again is our host, Dave McNeil. We're back with the Honorable Diane McNeil, Minister of Tourism, Culture, and Sport. So, Diane, uh, you've been in the job now for a little while. What are, what are some of your highlights so far, uh, some events you've been to and some things that you've seen? Well, like you, I do have a big bias for Kitchener-Waterloo. This is my home. So um, I look forward to the Blues Festival coming up this summer, the KW Multicultural Festival, Coltrane, uh, and then in the fall we have Oktoberfest. Um, there's lots of invitations that are coming in for various festivals and events. We've got Stratford that's going to be starting very soon, Shaw Festival. Um, some interesting things that uh, will be occurring in Ontario. We're going to be launching a new large ferry boat going from Leamington to Peely Island. And they have a, uh, a wonderful wine region there in that part of the, the province. Um, and uh, on the May long weekend, there's going to be an interesting new venture that will launch on the Rideau Canal. Uh, we are going to be the first place in North America that will welcome what's called La Boat. These are luxury self-driving houseboats. They exist in eight locations right now in Europe. They're wildly popular. Uh, I went online and even though it hasn't even started, they're almost all sold out and booked up for a small one for a few days, for four or five days with say four or five people. It's about um, $1,500. You can rent one of the big ones for two weeks and go up and down the canal and put about 10 people on for $16,000. I know, expensive. However, they're all booked and sold out. So that'll be an interesting experience. So with so many requests coming into your office, maybe some tips here for some of our members that are trying to get you out to their events. What's the vetting process? Like, how do you, how do you in your staff decide that, okay, we're, we can do this one, this one, and this one, but... My first priority is to serve people in Kitchener Centre. That's my riding. I try to be here as much as possible. So stakeholders and uh, constituents, they have my attention first, and local events. Then uh, beyond that, the legislature sits for about six months of the year, so I have to do my time at Queen's Park, house duty and question period. And then falling in line after that, when there are events and festivals that are occurring, I try to get to as many things as possible. But sometimes when you've got seven things scheduled all at the same time, you know, you, you say to yourself, uh, wh- where do I need to be? What's the most important? They're all important, but um, if you've got a stakeholder in particular that has something really significant that they're going to be launching or announcing. You want to be there to support them. So it's no secret that we've got an election coming up. You've been in the role now for six months approximately, or three months, three months, sorry. Um, All the stars line up and you get the opportunity to do this again. Is this a ministry you'd like to come back to? Uh, I mean, you're you're sort of, we go into the election right when everything sort of happens and well, if I end up back here again, it's like winning the lottery. Um, when I first got the call uh, to serve, uh, it was uh, on a cold day in January. It was January 15th, a Monday morning, and my personal phone rang, and I looked at the screen, and it said, Caller Unknown. And I thought, oh, what's this? This is probably a, a telemarketer trying to, you know, clean my ducks or something. Um, and I let it ring and ring, and I thought, okay, what the heck, I'll answer it, but it's going to be a waste of my time. So I said, hello, in a gruff voice, and I heard, hi, it's Kathleen. It was the premier calling. And uh, I was kind of caught off guard, and she let me know that she was going to be shuffling the cabinet, and she was inviting me to join her senior council. And I was, um, I was awed and flabbergasted, and I, as I'm stumbling through, honored and humbled and here to serve you, I was thinking to myself, oh gosh, she hasn't said which ministry. Which one is it? Where am I going to be serving? Will it be one of the challenging ones? (laughs) 
And then she I'm sure got, they're all challenging. The, some more so than others. And uh, she came around to saying, oh, and you'll, you're going to be serving as the Minister of Tourism, Culture, and Sport. And at that point, I kind of high-fived myself. It was just fantastic to hear that. Um, and it is a great ministry. Uh, and again, I've got colleagues who tease me and say that this is the Ministry of uh, Fitness and Fun, <laughs> and it is. But there are some aspects to it that can be challenging. Um, you know, you have a budget, and you are trying to make as many people happy as possible. Um, and, you know, working with a wonderful group of people is, makes it a lot easier as well. Well, and I'm, we're, we've been fortunate to have you for the three months and, and hope you're back. Um, have you have you had much conversation with Bardesh? And I know there's the whole Chinese-Canadian uh, tourism initiative going on. Can you share a little bit about that? I think the one person on this planet who's actually busier than me might be her because she's doing this at a national level. We did cross paths at a launch for the Canada-China Year of Tourism and learned some really interesting things. Um, Chinese visitors, when they come here, end up spending about 10 times as much money as other travelers do. They typically come for two weeks, not less. Um, there's a, an emerging middle class in China and they want to travel and they want to have the kind of experiences that they can't have back home. So they come here and uh, they love the uh, relative la lack of traffic compared to what they're used to and the fresh air. They spend about $2,500 when they're here. That's outside of their plane ticket to get to Canada. So we know that there are opportunities there to build on that. We want to have more Chinese visitors come to Canada. And it's putting together programs of what, you know, what they might stop into the Stratford Festival, get to Niagara Falls, and then move out to the, uh, you know, the West Coast or the East Coast. So it's, it's putting packages together for all, all of that type of Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. And they're the kind of traveler where um, they like it if you can hold them by the hand and take them to these experiences versus someone who might want to rent a car and, uh, you know, um, uh, get a GPS and try to figure out where they're going and what they're doing. Um, the Chinese traveler likes to have the packages. Um, we have a really interesting deal with them. This is how we're accommodating people in China. We've signed an agreement that allows Chinese visitors the ability to pay for products and services directly with their Chinese currency on WeChat or Alipay. Um, all they have to do is download this onto their mobile phones and it makes it one way that's a lot easier for them to, to navigate their way in Canada. And we came up with this through Destinations Ontario uh, very recently. So, so if some of our festivals out there want to be a part of this program or, or get more information, would it be Destination Ontario that they would source it out or? They can start there, but I tell you, anyone within my office um, who, who's within the tourism sector should reach out. We have staff that's there especially to try to accommodate people who are in the sector who are looking for support. Thank you very much, Diane. We appreciate you stopping by. And, uh, you know, our, our podcasts are a way of, uh, for our members to hear directly, uh, you know, without any editing or um, white papers for myself. And, you know, they get to hear right from your mouth to, uh, to their ears what's going on. And, and we appreciate you stopping by. Podcasts are wonderful. I've just turned on to them recently. And I find when I'm busy or whether I'm in the vehicle going somewhere, you can put one on and uh, be informed and entertained. And David, thank you very much for what you are doing. This is fantastic. So, Diane Verniel, Minister of Tourism, Culture and Sport, the Honourable Diane Verniel, thank you very much for stopping by, Dan. All Thanks, the best and, and good luck uh, in the next coming weeks as, uh, as you head out on the campaign trail. I hope I'm going to be sitting right across from you very shortly from now, okay? Thank you very much. We do too. Thank you. If you've got something you'd like to see covered on FIO on the Air, please just send us a note. It's, uh, the information on how to get hold of us is on our 
SoundCloud uh, hosting format, or you can drop us a note at our festivals and events office, and, and we'd be happy to help you out. Until next time, this is Dave McNeil. Thanks for joining us on Feel on the Air. Thanks for listening to Feel on the Air, the voice of festivals and events in Ontario.